I need some clarity. clarity. Peace, love, and prosperity. Clarity. With the fame, cause popularity. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Athlete Podcast. This is Bill, your host. Thank you for checking in. Episode number nine, Motivated by Motivation, a conversation with Dr. Joseph St. Germain. Before we get started, please rate, subscribe, share. Uh, This way we can get the word out about this podcast and we can uh, gain more listeners. And I will thank you eternally if you do so. Diving right into this uh, pod's topic We're going to talk about motivation for exercise because I think this is a really interesting topic when you spread it out over what motivates people to exercise. And we're going to start by bringing in a study that I just recently read about, you know, ways of motivating people into exercise and some of the better results-based type things that, you know, actually get people motivated and get them up and actually doing the types of exercises. So starting with a bit of data, uh, 69% of individuals aged uh, 18 to 24 do not get the required amount of exercise. That's actually not good because typically speaking, the injuries of the adulthood start with smaller injuries in your younger self. So uh, oftentimes the metabolic injuries that we see manifest themselves as diabetes, as heart disease, cancer, et cetera, et cetera. Typically the seeds of those things begin in those ages, the 18 to 24, um, as the body is somewhat invincible and you are not exactly taking care of yourself very well in the way that you eat or, you know, consume, imbibe, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just remember the way that I partied when I was in those ages. So, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a frightening step because often that leads to complications down the road. So this study that I looked at uh, basically was trying to determine two things, comparison-based motivation versus a support-based motivation. And what they wanted to see was which of the two had the greatest effect on participation in a series of online uh, workouts. So basically like, you know, online class workouts that you can do. Uh, I think Beachbody do so, does some things. I know that more of these are popping up over time. But, you know, uh, along those lines. And then this way they could kind of, you know, find out if the group that they were participating with was helping them get through. So the comparison based was going to be more competition, whereas the support based was more like, hey, you can do this. And what they found was that uh, both the comparison based and then a combo group of comparison and support had the greatest effect. And the support based only compared to controls who were getting none of the support at all, none of it, no comparison, no nothing, nothing to to kind of drive them. So um, it's pretty apparent that, you know, comparison-based things tend to motivate people. But again, I think uh, outside of just the idea of that, and, and I know that a lot of people ended up getting into doing fitness things because of competition myself, you know, I was an athlete and I was there, I was I was trying to become a better athlete. Uh, But motivation is as unique as each of our genetics is. So if you look at our genetics as a whole, uh, there are a lot of things that are the same in our genetics, but there's also some small things that are unique to them. And that is the same way motivation is. I think they all come from the same place, motivation. Uh, We all are trying to achieve some kind of result, whatever that is. Um, But also I think that based on circumstances, based based on likes and dislikes, 
um, attitude, I mean, any number of factors is going to dictate your motivation for something, say, like exercise, which I think most people somewhat have an unfavorable opinion to. I know a lot of people that exercise quite a bit always talk about how much they hate exercise. And and I can get that. I, I think if it's not something that you see as being something you just enjoy participating in, then that could be a problem. Uh, but but I also understand that results matter as well. So with that, I'm, I'm just going to kind of dive into a little bit of story about myself and motivation. And then I'm going to introduce our guest today and we'll dive into that um, conversation, which I think is really interesting. And we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, the different philosophies and the different types of um, things that are out there. Now, now I remember when I first started um, college, you know, I've taken a lot of science classes, science-based classes in terms of like chemistry, biology. But I would say the classes that I use the most in my career are the psychosocial things, behavioral modifications and stuff like that. Because ultimately, if I can't motivate you to do this, if I don't push the right buttons, you're not going to do it. So, um, you know, from a personal experience, I remember that, um, you know, for a long time, fitness was about getting better for sports. And that always drove me to go in and do it. And then at some point, fitness became about the way I looked and it became more of a you know, a body image thing. And I'm very intrinsically driven. Like I'm not, there's, you, you'll, you'll see when we start talking about the types of theories, like the self-determination theory, one of the things they try to distinguish between is whether you're intrinsically or extrinsically driven. Is it internally or does the drive come from outside? So I'm very intrinsically driven. So during that period, the result that I was seeking, which was simply just looking good, became a grind and a problem because of the negativity I had towards myself. So I think in a lot of the times I began to hate exercise because of that, especially when it stopped feeling as good as it used to, you know, as my body got older. But what I found is, is that when I kind of returned to this idea of participationally driven, um, I'm intrinsically driven to participate in fitness. I like the way I just love it. I love the grind of it. It's it's kind of odd to to say that. So what I sought to do was create a fitness model that fit the way that I liked to do fitness and so on and so forth. So I think that's very important for people to understand that if they like to participate, then really it, it, it often requires them to find the things that they like the most and do those the most. You know, and that changes over time. I remember one saying that I, I would rather do you know, hours of pickup basketball, then go for a run. And now in my older years, it's probably vice versa, partially because, you know, I haven't played pickup basketball in years and jumping around and, and some of the, the high intensity stuff might be a little bit more damaging to my joints than just going for a run from time to time. So, you know, your motivations are going to change. It's going to be based off of where you are in that period. So on that point, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, uh, Joseph St. Germain, Dr. Joseph St. Germain. He is a doctor of philosophy, PhD in uh, sports psych. Now, he hasn't been in the sports psych realm for a very long time, and he and I talk about this. But one thing is, is he's smart. He's got a great perspective. And since he really does understand the human psyche in a way, I think he is a better and more qualified individual to talk on some of the theories that are out there. And we're going to have just a conversation uh, about uh, motivation and exercise, uh, some personal, some from the perspectives of us PhD level individuals. So I hope you guys enjoy. 
All right, so let's get started here. So there's a piece of data I'm showing you right now about a study that was discussing um, motivation and exercise. And what this was, was like a digital class deal. And they were doing this with college students, usually like grad student and so on and so forth. And what they found was that, um, you know, those that were into comparison motivation, in other words, they were competing, they found that they were uh, stronger and attended more classes do that. Does this data surprise you at all? Uh, not really. Um, I remember in some of my early psych and sports psych stuff was like, even having people present mattered in terms of, I mean, whether it was exercise adherence or performance or things of that nature. Um, I mean, going anecdotally, because I've been in the, I haven't been in that sphere of academia in, in, in a little bit, but I mean, our society has come to, to be all, I don't want to say solely comparison, but everything is about comparing us to the Joneses or the whoever. So, I mean, it's not shocking. I mean, seeing that different was a bit surprising, but yeah, it definitely wasn't shocking. So something interesting about that data that I found, that's why I wanted to start off with this, was that, um, you know, only 25% of that population, I think they ended up having like 790 participants, but only 25% of that population were male. And most of them were not athletically based type people. These weren't like people that I would say were like participation motivated, you know what I'm saying? That like being in the fitness realm. So I just thought that was kind of a cool little aside to get started. So um, we're here with Joey St. Germain. Uh, welcome again to the Perpetual Athlete Podcast. So, you know, we're talking about motivation and exercise, and I wanted you to just give a brief description of the scope of motivation research. Now, I remember Maslow back in the day, you know, uh, theory of um, self-actualization. Uh, I remember that, but that's about as far as I go. So I was curious of what your thoughts were in, uh, of the types of models that are out there and how you think they relate to exercise and exercise motivation. Yeah, I mean, Maslow is the one that most folks know about self going from basic needs to self-actualization. You know, that was the first one that I kind of came across as I, as I brushed up a little bit. Um, you'll probably think of the second ones that I heard of because, uh, I, I mean, the phrase we like to say in school, does Pavlov ring a bell? Um, Skinner and Pavlov and their basic positive and negative reinforcement. I mean, a lot of that's learning, um, but also part of motivation is learning. So, you know, that, that, that kind of comes up in the process. And then I, I won't go much into DC and Ryan's and I'll, I'll probably, I probably got their name because, um, because I know you want to talk to about self-determination theory here in a bit. Um, but the other one, big one is kind of like Bandura's, uh, self-efficacy theory, um, okay. which really has a lot to do with, you know, it's partially when I remember first learning it, I kind of consider it like self-esteem, um, but is really related to motivation in a way because you know basically it's like can i do it and yeah. you know if if you don't think you can do something that's a self-fulfilling prophecy i mean that's that's always i mean i imagine especially in, in in your field working with people i mean the good news if they come to ask you about the gym they've gotten past that first step of can i do it because you know the people that you could probably really help the most are the people who aren't ready to help themselves yes yet because they don't think they can do it so you know a lot of that um, a lot of Bandura's stuff had to do with, um, I mean, positive negative feedback again, has something to do with self-efficacy, um, verbal, verbal persuasion. So kind of getting back to what you were saying earlier, just having other people around 
encouraging you and, and maybe not just encouraging, but just being there and kind of uh, being part of the conversation. Um, they also talked about vicarious experience, which is, I'm not going to try to go on a too much of a tangent here, but it's something really interesting with other. That sounds reasons. interesting. Well, it's like part of learning is watching other people do something. True, true. They say that early in life, like, especially when you're a baby, like most of the stuff you do is emulate your parents. Exactly. And it is, it's such a huge part of that motive. Like if you've never seen anyone do anything, it's so tough to learn it. If it's really hard to learn it, you're not motivated to do it, but it, it's actually, it's become a weird thing. Like there's studies now too, like, especially folks from the United States, when they see people do stuff, their confidence that they can do it themselves is way too high. So oh, it, wow. it, it does. <laughs> that I mean, makes so sense though. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it is it is great that it helps you learn and it helps you mo and it motivates you at the same time you still need someone there to be like hey you're doing this wrong you're doing that wrong so yeah. just watching doesn't do the whole trick and then um i mean the other part with bandura was physiological feedback which definitely yeah. definitely associates to uh, exercise because you know it's it's almost like I, I think about when when i'm working out the first time i do a couple exercises i mean i don't have much confidence in it too but i also it, I, I, you when i'm asking questions it's like hey bill something doesn't feel right here and i don't know what it is what what's going on and it's nice having you there to kind of be like okay you know when i'm working out i hear hips back hips back all the time because yeah. of what <laughs> exactly how we're supposed to be doing it and but my body's telling me too it's not just my brain so it's, it's and that was that could be weeks in a class but that's kind oh, of no a doubt you know, just to follow up a little bit on that. Yes. I mean, coaxing people into fitness is a, is a huge game because you're right. Like, especially when you know, you're doing kind of mechanical tasks and you're not mechanically oriented, like an athlete, like somebody who's done an athletic event before, like immediately um, they go to whatever the movement was that they're the most confident in, which is often like the worst movement. And then trying to reprogram that takes a little bit of time. And then, but what I always found is interesting. What you said there was that oftentimes people struggle with it the first time they do it. But then once the brain sort of figures out the, the link between it and the muscle and it start actually getting the code right, it's really, really interesting. So, um, but you and I are actually very different on the ends of the spectrum and with guard, like the way that we're motivated. So I think I'm very participation motivated. I like doing this stuff, regardless if it hurts or not. Like for me, the joy of doing it, like actually going and doing like a run or doing an exercise is, is, is part of my motivating factor, but you have, you know, we've talked about this before and there's no secret. Now you are one of my clients. Um, you know, one of the things you always talk about is you hate exercise. And part of the reason why you like what we do was that we were able to kind of take you away from that. So just give me a little bit from your perspective as somebody who's studied this before in terms of like the individual who is more motivated by the result of the exercise and not necessarily motivated by participation in that sort of athletic event. Yeah. And, and th this, I mean, this will also touch on uh, the self-determination theory in, in a little bit as well. But part of it for me is like, I always like playing basketball or, you know, I like playing a sport. I like playing the game like that. If my body would let me, I just would play basketball all the time. It's something I love to do, but to get better at basketball, it isn't just playing, you know, you do the other workouts, yeah, yeah. And you got to get stronger and you got to be able to jump higher and all these other things. And I just, I absolutely hated that. I, I hate working out. I mean, and it's it, and granted part of it too is i'm doing it for a reward to an extent yeah, exactly 
but it's not a true extrinsic reward. It is, I'm doing it for reward, but it's, it's a little bit more internal. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll touch more on the terminology. Yeah, there. Ab absolutely. And then like in the self-determination theory, that's part of the things that they talk about is that people with exercise, the intrinsic, Hey, there's a really detailed benefit from this. So even I can, I can get through this, for the benefit. And you see that a lot in, in a variety of things in society. So I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. And it, 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 it's fascinating to me because, you know, like I've done a lot of different things to work out and different things that I thought would help. And I, you know, the one thing that never helped was extrinsic some, a reward of some description. Hey, if I worked out five times this week, I'm going to give myself, you know, sometimes it might be a food or sometimes it might be a video game or whatever. And sure, that's great for a little bit, but it doesn't really keep you going. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the one thing that helped with with this for me at the start was like like this time around, it was one, I just wanted, I just kind of gotten a little bit more out of shape than I cared to be. Um, and secondly, we linked it to be like, hey, I want to golf a little bit better. Um, so we kind of linked it to that. And that was important to me. And but the, the crazy thing to me over time was that got me going. And then eventually it became something different. Like eventually it was like when you and I start talking about what to eat um, and I got a little bit better about that. I started to see another level of the change. Um, and then, and then after that it became, man, I'm sleeping a lot better and I, I feel a lot better in the morning. And frankly, I'm working better because I'm, you know, my brain, I've been, lucky in my life my brain's always been a strength of mine but it works a lot better when the rest of this thing is intact especially now that i'm 40 years old and the body breaks down a little bit more and now when i think about the workouts in the morning i mean if you would tell me at 30 i was waking up at 5 5 30 most days to work out i think that's absurd but now if i'm in town it's as much a part of my morning as my coffee is in the morning yeah, it's 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 interesting that you say that because I, I always find that very fast fascinating about like sort of the feedback loop that there is with getting up, getting into it, doing the exercises. As soon as it becomes a routine and your body starts to crave it, it's it's so easy to maintain. It's oftentimes sort of the uh, you know, like in, in in chemistry, they always talk about the the initiation activation of a reaction is often the most difficult part of the reaction because you know, once you get it initiated, going through the reaction is usually pretty quick. Um, and I think that's kind of the same way with people in terms of motivation for fitness. It's like they have to find whatever external motivation it is, even though it really should be internal. We've talked about that. And, and you know, it, it, I think that when, when you go to that external motivation, it only lasts so long before if you have not created the habits and the behaviors and the things that are going to, you know, perpetuate it beyond, then you're really not in the right space, you know, cause I went through that a little bit myself. What, you know, I, I, like I said, I love being in sports and active and things like that. And then I came so obsessed with the result of, you know, looking better in my clothes or whatever the case may be. And I really started to burn myself out because I wasn't working out for the right reason. And as I kind of came back to just the sheer joy and the, that I get from fitness, it, it, it made a big difference. So I, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. So you've teased it a few times. So let's go ahead and kind of dive into this. And, and, and I kind of stumbled upon this. And again, I'm really new to the motivation side of things and, and the psych side of things, even though it fascinates me. And I, and I kind of tease it a little bit earlier in the show, but um, it appears to me that the philosophy of self-determination theory really fits itself with exercise, because I think there's a lot of 
you know, the way in which that theory sort of moves and changes between the different individuals, it really brings in individualization in a way that I think really matters because we're all very different. We all have different motivations for doing the things that we do and exercise is no different. So just kind of, uh, you know, give a little inlay of that idea. And, 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 and if you agree with me and if you don't, please tell me, you know, I just want to hear what your thoughts are on this. No, I, I mean, I really do. Because I mean, this was like, when you sent it to me, and again, I, I can't remember if it was pronounced Desi and Ryan, but I was like, Oh, yeah, I remember reading about this. And it's interesting to read it now, as opposed to when I was like 22, 23, and in grad school, because I just have a lot more life in, in me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so it was like, I think the biggest thing, and it's in the title, it's self-determination theory, but the biggest thing about this theory is control and yes. it's it is wanting you know it's we're talking about motivation so of course it's wanting to do it but it is do you control why 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 you want to do it and um i'll, I'll get to the continuum here in a little bit and I, I won't really go i mean for something like this i imagine you don't necessarily want all the terms no we don't have to go into too much detail i just think i wanted to see how much this really fits because it seems like it does to me um when i look at it when you're looking at things like autonomy versus like mm -hmm. i think there was like some basic principles that everybody looks for like satisfaction competency autonomy and relatedness which absolutely resonates i think with my experience with all of this so i think that's what's kind of interesting because if we go back to the very beginning here where we were talking about the competitiveness that falls in line with a lot of what those three types of things i think really relate to in terms of the human psyche yeah yeah and on top of all that it's it's actually you know like for a while it was always like you'd want more motivation than less motivation, but this would tell you the right type of motivation is better than a whole bunch of some other types of motivation. You know, the whole, you know, quality over quantity is something we apply to a lot of different places in life. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, cause they do it on a continuum and I'll touch on it really quickly, but like you have a motivation where you just don't want to do something. And, you know, for, for working out, that is just like, I don't want to work out because it just doesn't do anything for me anymore. Yeah. And those people are never going to, there's nothing you can really do yeah. in that case. Yeah. And, 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 the, the thing and that's is, fine. I mean, that's their choice. Exactly. And, you know, this, you could apply it to exercise. You can apply it to anything motivation. It's kind of like, if you have someone going through some problems, you know, you know, if it's, if you think psychological or, you know, drug addiction or stuff like that, it's like, you could love them, but you can't do anything until they're ready to help themselves. They 100%. are integrated. So you can't, it's like, all right, well, when they're ready, I will be ready to help them. But until then it, it, it's useless. And then there's more of the external regulation where you might be getting something for it. And, you know, so, you know, some people make it to the professional ranks in sports, just having being good at something. And they're like, Hey, I love this fame and I love this money, but, it, it also has a psychological negative to it because it's almost like if they, it's because if they don't, you know, they focus less on process, more on results. And if they don't receive results, they get like, they get shamed. There's a psychological punishment sometimes yeah. when you're working with extrinsic uh, rewards and things. Is, like that. is that similar to like a behavioral addiction in a sense? Cause they, you know, we talk about that with food addictions. It's more like a behavioral addiction. It's the, the reward versus the, you know, the scope of it. So in that case, those external re external rewards 
uh, tend to get a little bit blurred in terms of like whether they're really awards or whether you're just placating another issue deeper within, you know, the psyche. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, neither of us are multimillionaires, so I don't know what that motivates <laughs> like. But, yeah. but I, you know, I do imagine that's a really, you know, for a while you're like, you could psychologically convince yourself that, oh, I, I've always wanted to play basketball or I've always wanted to do this when realistically you're just like, oh man, I really like this attention and this money that comes with it. And that helps to for an extent, but then, you know, as you, as you move along the continuum, it becomes a little bit more intrinsic. And this next step is actually when we were talking about like how I feel about working out, like I, I'm extrinsically motivated to work out because I like how it feels. However, it's also, it's, it's in the continuum of being intrinsic because I'm doing this because it's my choice. It's not yes. like the doctor has said, Hey, you need to do this or you're going to die. Or, I mean, it really is like, Hey, I mean, I like, I like all these other benefits. I hate the workout as it happens, but the pros outweigh the cons. And again, getting back to the, the, the idea of control, I have decided that I am going to do this. And, and I mean, and then finally you kind of get to where you're at with working out and it's in going back to Maslow, this isn't full self-actualization, but when it comes to exercise, it's probably as close as you're going to get. And you get true intrinsic motivation where you're like, man, I love doing this. And, and Bill, you know, I, I love that you can run 5k and be like, man, I love doing this. I, I, I would love to get there someday, but that is really that, 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 cause, cause now not only are you in control of it because you've decided you want to do it, but you're actually enjoying, enjoying the process. And we hear about process, especially, I mean, in, in the sports psych programs, and we heard a lot with like Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, it's, it's about the process, but that's, that's really important when you get to other aspects and in, somewhat including with motivation and goal setting, you know, as long as you do the right things, you eventually will get those rewards that you're looking for. Um, however, it, it is quite nice when you, when you control it and you're like, oh man, I actually really enjoyed this process. This is great. That's, that's gotta be a good moment when you see folks can get to there. Yeah, I, I think, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation with you is because one of the, the most potent, you know, um, moderators of attitude towards fitness has really been the empowerment side of things is how do you get somebody to take control and take, you know, grab the wheel and drive because oftentimes with fitness, you know, we're, you know, people are kind of ice skating. I, you know, they, you know, ice skating without any knowledge of ice skating where they're just kind of like, or skiing, I guess would be a better example for the first time where you're not really sure how to control skiing and you're just barreling down the hill. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people get into that and until they're fully empowered and they don't have somebody kind of holding their hand through it and they feel like they're making the decisions about what kind of fitness is important to them, then, then really you, that's the best way to get in the door and really start mood motivating people to, uh, to make it a more regular part of their life. Well, I want to thank you, Joey. I think this was a freaking awesome conversation. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, just uh, give everybody a, a quick update about who you are, what you do, and then we'll get out of here on that. All right. Yeah, my name is uh, Joseph St. Germain. I'm the president of Downs and St. Germain Research. Uh, we're a market research firm, um, which is, I don't know how I went from sports psych to market research, but that's another <laughs> podcast for another day. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate the time and and then just just thanks for having me. It was interesting just kind of talking about this real quickly because it's I kind of realized as we talked about this, all these things were actually part of my journey because I think about 
Like I wouldn't have got to to where I like, I, again, I don't like working out, but it, it, it reminds me of a sign I remember seeing in, in our gym in undergrad where it was like, motivation gets you there, but habit brings you back. But also it would, I wouldn't have been motivated enough at the start without a program like yours that kind of did things, not that I wanted to do, but it's different enough where I never got bored. And then we had, when I had those moments, getting back to some of Bandura, Bandura stuff where I'm like, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. I got someone there to kind of help me get to that next step. So it's, it's been an interesting process. So thanks for having me on. And then um, I guess I'll see you in the morning. Sounds good, my man. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up with a couple takeaways here. First, I want to thank uh, Dr. Joseph St. Germain for doing this talk with me. It was an awesome conversation. I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're, we've been friends for a long time, so I, I think our chemistry is good. And I think you guys, hopefully we can have him on for some more things down the road. So, um, just to kind of, you know, wrap things up a little bit, a couple takeaways here. Remember, you know, understanding what motivates you and really taking a deep dive. I, I know it a lot of the times in like business and life coaching, they always talk about figuring out your why, I guess your why with exercise has to matter as well. If, if you're looking for, you know, health and vitality versus you're a weekend warrior, such as myself, who, who kind of, you know, digs this stuff. Um, you got to kind of determine that first, you got to figure out what it is that you're looking for, um, out of your exercise. And then from there, I think what you have to do is, you know, figure out what it is that you love to do. Like, what are you willing to tolerate? Uh, what are you willing to to not tolerate because that, those things could be pretty fluid over time, like I said a little bit earlier. So, you know, typically what I like to say is that you want to do the thing that you love the most, the most. So if getting you to be more active means that you go hiking at least twice a week, well, then start exploring the parks in your area, start finding the great ones. Luckily, I'm in Tallahassee. There are some awesome ones here. And go out and do a hike twice a week. And just, you know, um, obviously fitness trackers, things like that are great tools to kind of keep you motivated because you see the data. And then it gives you something to kind of strive for. Because, I, you know, like I said, I'm not a result-oriented person in terms of like, you know, what the scale says for me. It's really about what the data says to me. So I use that to kind of drive me to get better and do more. I like the performance side of things. But again, you know, we can work out and figure out ways to utilize those tools to keep you going. So we want to do that the most. Then the other thing that I would suggest is if there is one particular exercise style that you dislike the most, but you know that doing it or adding it into your routine would have a great benefit on your health, then you need to just find a way to do it once a week. And that's all we're asking is if we give you, you know, the majority of the time to do, you know, the things that you love, then we want you to... Um, give us that one time that you do something that we know is good for you or it's prescribed. It's like typically the way that I approach it as like a, a fitness coach and so on. So, you know, if it's weightlifting, it should be weightlifting. If it's cardio, it should be cardio, whatever that case may be. You can find um, styles of weightlifting or styles of cardio or whatever the case may be, stretching that fit what you like and that you enjoy and you can stick to those. So that this way, even though you're doing something you don't like, you're, you're getting good value out of what you're doing. Um, other than that, again, always be uh, leery of your ebbs and flows. Uh, I know sometimes I find that I'm very result-oriented um, and I can drive myself that way. And then other times I'm not. I'm really just driven by not ma maintaining. So you have to 
understand those two attitudes and make sure that you kind of move with the ebbs and flows of the time and the day and what you're looking for. Never be unwilling to, to, to take a deep dive into yourself and figure out where you are because it's going to make a big difference and it's going to keep you more consistent. And you can ask anybody who coaches fitness or nutrition or anything like that, the more consistent you are, the better results you're going to get. So uh, I'll leave you on that note. So thank you guys for checking in again. I look forward to seeing you the next time or hearing you the next time or not hearing you, you guys hearing me the next time. Bill Fredericks signing out, Petrol Athlete Podcast. Lord, I need some. Oh, Lord, I need some. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Tarif knocked out, knocked out. Local rapper part one, part one, part one.